Let's pray together, shall we? Father God, thank you for this time together. And Father, we pray as we share one with another from your word, that you would take your word and use it, Father, to transform our lives, that we might become the people you desire us to be. God, we pray that we might put aside our own selves, that we might die to self so that we could live for you. And God, we acknowledge our dependence upon you now and pray, Father, that you would be honored and glorified by every word and every thought in this place. For Christ's sake, amen. What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? What is a living sacrifice? We're going back to um, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And we're going to stay in Romans 12, 1 and 2 for this whole month. Uh, and do know that at the end of the month, you will have an opportunity to respond. We're going to have a commitment letter for you to recommit your life to Christ and to the work of the church. And the nominating committee is going to use those commitments as we look at positions of service and opportunities for you to be involved in the ministry and the life of the church as we are transformed, as we submit to what God wants us to do in our lives. Again, as I go through Romans chapter 12, uh, I'm not as creative as uh, I would like to be. I can preach it. I have preached it, but I'm using other people's material to guide me through this material each week so that we have something new and fresh. Today's outline comes from a website called Study and Obey. Comes from a website called Study and Obey. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. May God bless the hearing and the reading of his word. Paul is encouraging the people to um, offer themselves as a sacrifice to God. Now, in order for us to, to comprehend some of that, we need to understand some of the background of sacrifice. Sacrifices are not something that we are as familiar with as the people in the time that Paul wrote this would have been. For 2,000 years, the Jews had been offering animal sacrifices for the atonement for their sins. And they did that on a regular basis. So the, 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 the whole process of sacrifice was very vivid for them. But you know, sacrifice is not that vivid for us. What, what does it mean for us to sacrifice? How, how do we make a sacrifice? And we think about it, you know, God wants us to sacrifice. Well, there's a sacrifice there. We, we brought our offerings, placed it in the offering plate before God. Uh, we have the altar here. If anybody would like to make a, a living sacrifice, you can just lay out on the altar right there if you want to. Offer yourself as a sacrifice. No, that's not what God's saying. What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? The whole idea of sacrifice had been done for some 2,000 years by the, by the Jews. The Old Testament sacrifices, though, were just a shadow of what God was planning through Jesus Christ. 
It was to prepare people for the ultimate sacrifice of Christ on the cross who died once and for all that we might be saved. So it, it was a whole transition for the people in the time of that, that Paul was writing. But Paul uses this image of the Old Testament sacrifice to help us understand what it means to be a living sacrifice. What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? God does not ask us to die for him. He doesn't ask for you to place your, your life in that offering plate. But he does ask you to live for him. And, and sometimes that's harder to do. Sometimes being a living sacrifice is harder to do than those big things that you do for God. You know, if God calls you to be a missionary, so you march off to be a missionary. But then, you know, you have to come home. And you, and you, and you come home, and when you come home, you become your real self. And you drop your holiness. And your friends and family have to deal with the real you. And are we a living sacrifice then as well? And the, and the little things of life, those are the ones that will eat up on you. Those are the ones that will, 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 will grab you and pull you away from being the person God wants you to be. Much Here we, are, we come to church and we put on our holy faces and we look nice and we, we smile at each other and we're very pleasant. But what do you say about the preacher when you're driving home? What is it like in the real world when you leave this place? Are we as holy then as we are now? And to be a living sacrifice means every word, every thought, every action is under the power of Jesus Christ. You see, we've, we've gotten into the habit of saying, well, Sunday mornings, it's when I worship, that's when I, I come, and, um, and, and that's when I, uh, I, I give to God is Sunday mornings. And, and, and my tithe, I give, I give 10% to God, and then we feel like we have done what's required of us by God. That's not true. God wants 100% of your, your money. God wants 100% of your time. God wants 100% of your life. Now, 10% might be for the kingdom's work, but God wants the sacrifice of every moment of your life. Every penny you spend, one day you'll give an account for it. Every word you say, you will give an account for it. And every thought, you have, you will give an account before God. Not just what you do here. God looks for a sacrifice, and that sacrifice is a hundred percent of who we are. We are to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our strength. Everything we say and do should be to the glory of God. Everything.
That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. All of us are far from that. But that's what the what Paul is saying here. That and being a living sacrifice means that you we, we give our total person to uh, the lordship of Jesus Christ. Secondly, we sacrifice because God has already sacrificed for us. We love Him because He first loved us. God is never going to ask you to do something that God has not already done. God says. Be a living sacrifice. Give yourself to me. But he's already given himself for you. So it's 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 because of that sacrifice. It's because of what God has done that we are motivated and we are challenged to give ourselves. So we sacrifice our lives because God first sacrificed for us. And thirdly, sacrifice is worship sacrifice is worship we were created to worship god we are created by god to worship him with our lives revelation speaks about spending eternity praising god eternity you're going to be praising god we we better get in the the habit and the practice of doing that now as we share each moment of our lives and praise for the god who loves us if all you do to worship god in this world is what you do on sunday morning you don't know what worship is if this is worship for you if this is all it is you're missing the point of what god demands Worship is a living sacrifice. You don't come here. Corporate worship is important. There's a there's a there's a sense of community and fellowship and and strengthening that we feel when we gather together, and the Spirit of God gathers with us when we meet together. And that that is, that corporate worship is important, but this is not true worship. The prophet Isaiah described people who gather for corporate worship, but did not worship. With their lives, in Isaiah chapter twenty-nine, verse thirteen, Isaiah twenty-nine, thirteen, the Lord says these words: "These people come near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules." They have been taught the things that we do because, well, we've always done it. We've been taught to to worship together on Sunday mornings, and this is this is this is a very human rule that we have. That, that this is a tradition as to as to how we worship and and the way we worship. And and but if if we aren't doing it from our hearts, it's not true worship. Paul defines true worship in verse one of our scripture reading this morning. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
What is true and proper worship? Offering your life to God. To live for God every moment of your life. That's true worship. And if this is all the worship you're doing, you're not worshiping God. You're giving him lip service. True worship is when we have committed our lives to him, when we have become a living sacrifice. And then Paul defines how you do that in verse 2. How do we become a living sacrifice? Verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in those two verses, we have the essence of what true worship is. That is to be a living sacrifice. And then it tells us how we become a living sacrifice. And that's by being transformed by God. To become the person God created you to be. That's true worship. And we do it by the renewing of our minds, by submitting to the, the transforming power of God moment by moment. It's not an easy thing to do, and sometimes it can be very painful. But God continues to be faithful even when we are not. It is a lifestyle of service. It's a lifestyle. Not something you just do on Sunday mornings. Not something that you just do out of, of, out of habit. It's not something that you just do because you've been taught to do it. It comes from here. Because you love him. And you love him because he loves you. And in response to his love, what do you do? You worship him. By giving him your life and living for him day by day. That's true worship. And, and we're, we're in that process of being transformed into the image of Christ day by day, moment by moment. Everything that happens in your life, God is doing it. God has a plan for you. And God is using every circumstance of life to transform you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Sometimes those experiences are not pleasant. Remember what Christ has done for you. If you have never experienced the love of Christ, then all of this may sound foolish. Why should I do that? Why should I put money in an offering plate and, and, and give it to the church? Why, why, why should I worship something that I can't see? But if you've experienced the mercies of God, and that's what Paul is referring to, therefore, because of the mercies of God, that's because you've experienced the, the saving power of Jesus Christ in your life. You've experienced what it means to be loved by the God who created the universe. And if you've done that, then God is calling you to worship him in spirit and in truth. 
And you do that by the way you live each moment. True worship means our lives are sacrificed to God. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for what you have done for us. And Father, we humble ourselves in your presence now, asking, Lord, that you would receive us into yourself just as we are. Sinners, Father, everyone, thanking you for loving us just the way we are. And thanking you, Father, for changing us into instruments that can be used by you for your kingdom's work. Because God, we truly do want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And God, let that begin with me. For Christ's sake, amen.